Are you down? Down to what? Down to earth. Hi, I'm Anel. And I'm Aja. And this is Habilan's Down to Earth podcast. A platform for intergenerational conversations for people and planet. Here at Down to Earth, we want to give power and awareness on ways the youth can become social entrepreneurs. And how will we do that? Well, Habilan aims to make Down to Earth a podcast platform for changemakers to voice out their truths and inspire the youth. By listening to the ones before us and even after us, we might be able to learn something new and bring awareness to solutions that we may need. So let's listen, tune in, open up, and ground ourselves in the conversations we are about to hear. Because here at Down to Earth, we are down to earth. Let's get down to it! Hey Aja, don't you think that Down to Earth has so much more in store for our listeners? Our first episode was full of so much insights and realizations about regenerative agriculture. I agree, I learned so much from Charlene and Carla last episode. And the conversation really opened my eyes about the importance of taking care of our food heritage, as well as the need to protect soil health without chemicals. That's very true. And it's also so important to learn about the effects of GMOs and the implications of these on our overall health. On this episode of Down to Earth, we will tackle sustainable and ethical fashion from owners of local brands. So without further ado, let us introduce our guest speakers for today. Here with us today is from Tala Manila is Alyssa. Hello, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm feeling great. I just got back from a short trip, so I got to distress. Oh my gosh, that's great. I wish I could go on a short trip, but I don't know. I'm so afraid of COVID. (laughs) Where did you go, Alyssa? Oh, I went to the beach now, but everyone was tested the man, so Oh, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) Let me ask, can you give a little back the beginning of Tela Manila and all. I spent my summers working in the family business and at an early age I was, all, I was already tagging along with my parents to the factory to the office well you can say that I was introduced to the world of fabrics at a very young age hence the name of the brand Tela but I guess I was oblivious to how fashion negatively contributes to the environment so around 2018 I realized that fashion is the second largest polluter in the world and I saw how global brands were trying to shift to become more sustainable and you know this motivated me to act right away and from there I started researching more on what sustainability was and brainstorming on what I could do with what I have and I guess Stella was born out of a compelling purpose of course to be able to be a part of a solution to you know a more sustainable future. Thank you so much Alyssa for sharing that with us. Next up we have Mia from Malaya Thrift and Fash Ateneo. Hello Mia how are you today? Hi everyone, it's nice to be here. I'm feeling great. We are currently having our academic break in Ateneo, so I'm really excited to um shut down, like to you know <laughs> say goodbye to the world and you just have time for myself. So can you tell us uh, a bit more about Malaya first and then Fash afterwards? All right, of course. So Malaya is a small Instagram thrift store that aims to create guilt-free space for people to take better care of themselves and the planet through our hand-picked pieces and curated content. Um, Malayo was founded by two friends who shared the same passion for self-care and sustainable fashion. So we were able to mesh these two passions together in order to be able to offer a business, a thrift store that really provides content that's really centered on, you know, taking care of not just yourself, but, you know, of the people around you. So that's really what Malaya's really centered on. On the other side, I also have FASH. So FASH is a student organization in Ateneo that advocates for sustainable fashion. 
So we do this by promoting conscious consumption and ethical practices. This was an organization that was founded um, just this year, last January 2021. And we are a growing org. <laughs> I think that's all that I can say about it. Thank you so much, Mia. That sounds so fun, org about conscious consumption. <laughs> and yeah, it is really, really wonderful to see how important it is to have this discussion, especially to help educate our listeners on how to shop more sustainably or be more conscious about the type of materials they buy. Um, so yeah, it's going to make a whole difference for our environment. So we can take off our discussion. What is the key difference, the, the very key difference between fast fashion and slow fashion? And just to add, what's the difference between sustainable fashion and ethical fashion? Okay, I could go first. So we don't shortcut the process to make sure we create products of high quality. For me, it's really important to provide quality so your item won't break just because of a few washes. The fit is much better and more comfortable. And of course, most importantly, we pay and treat our workers well and it's made locally. There's not much of a difference between sustainable and ethical fashion. I believe those two work hand in hand. Remember, we were talking about the three Ps, people, profit, planet. And under people, that's for me, it means ethical fashion. So you can't be sustainable if you're not ethical and you can't be ethical if you're not sustainable. Yeah, for me naman, I personally like understand like sustain- or sustainable fashion as the whole movement and you know, in that movement we have eco-fashion, we have slow fashion, ethical fashion. I think for me, parang I see the sustainability as the whole, the whole movement, the umbrella movement, which is the most holistic one. But under that would be for example, an ethical fashion that advocates for, you know, proper wages, diba? um proper uh, great working conditions while as slow fashion really considers the whole um, product life cycle. So similar to what Alisa has mentioned, um, being able to make use of uh, materials that would last, parang being able to release clothes slowly. <laughs> like, all of that makes sense. But for example, like in fast fashion, like there, there's so many parang seasons, right? So many, what you call it? Like collections, like every, every month, right? But then slow fashion is the exact opposite of that. It's being able to slow down th- those collections and being able to you know produce clothing that are not just made to last but you know could be worn repeatedly so it's being able to outlive the trends like that's how I see those three things slow sustainable and ethical thank you for sharing that I think I was also very iffy about what it really meant for me to consider something as sustainable so I think a lot of our listeners as well will definitely be more insightful now and be able to make better decisions when choosing brands and it's great that we have people who are really doing stuff to make the whole industry trends slow down and that's great and honestly for me like I like it I don't want to have to always change the stuff in my wardrobe so this is great <laughs> um, what is your take on the trend to thrift shop is it still considered sustainable enough to buy secondhand clothes if you're just doing it as a trend or you're not really I guess if it means that you're not buying all of your clothes from a thrift shop maybe we could have some insights on that so I'm very interested to know I'm not really I don't know I haven't even been buying clothes in this pandemic so I, I don't know how the consumption is like these days um that's actually a very interesting and relevant topic um especially since you know we have seen the boom and the rise of thrift stores um, especially in the Philippines right people started to see more the value of the unique pieces that you know they offer which is why people parang people also are also very eco-conscious right becoming more aware of their environmental impact which is why they also have started to resort to 
you know, buying from thrift stores. But I think one of the things that could be problematic about shopping secondhand, although the intent is there, the intent to, you know, keep things circulating, it's really all about consumption habits. Like, at the end of the day, it's not just, it's not about what you buy, right? Like, the materials that you use or the brands that you're supporting, but how you're actually buying. And I think um the trend of, you know, people buying from thrift stores, very uso na yung mga thrift halls. I, I actually see na parang lumilipat lang yung overconsumption habits, right? From fast fashion to thrift stores. And I think that is the problem. Something that people have to remember that sustainable fashion is not just about the materials or not just about the people you're supporting, but it's really your individual habits, your individual consumption that plays a big part in the industry and the gap that we currently have here in the Philippines. It still has to be filled by, you know, by brands also and, you know, from other individuals who are very conscious about those kinds of things. Thanks, Thanks for sharing that. I love that insight. I think in any industry, a lot of it, like if you want to live a more sustainable life, it's very true that it comes down to your consumption habits. In our last podcast talking about food, it was also coming down to where are you getting your food from? How much are you consuming? Are you finishing everything on your plate? So I guess it's in the same uh, realm in fashion, no? it's aimed that you have to be conscious of what you're buying and if you're making the right purchase for you. So that's great. Thank you for bringing that up. What about you, Alyssa? What are your insights on this topic. I believe it's sustainable and I definitely agree with Mia regarding the consumption and everything she said because it's finding a new home for old pieces. So we still prevent the item from ending up in um, the trash. So it's still sustainable. But of course, moving forward, um, if you choose to invest in quality made pieces, if you choose to buy quality over quantity and consume less, that's definitely still the more sustainable option. Wearing what we have and maximizing its use is still better. Thank you so much for both of you for sharing that. The next question is, what makes sustainable and ethical fashion so difficult to produce? And why can't all brands be sustainable and ethical such as your brand? I guess it's all about the intention of embracing sustainability because, you know, the challenges are never ending. You really have to want it. So it's not easy. Of course, the materials aren't as accessible. It takes more time and effort and it's obviously more expensive. So I guess you can say that the investment and risk is much higher. Um, It's the more difficult route, but I know I know it will be worth it. So I'm willing to take that risk. Can you share with us um, maybe a bit more about the types of materials that you use and some educational fun facts about what makes it sustainable? I guess as a consumer or someone who's not educated on different kinds of fabrics, I'm not sure like which one is sustainable or which one is something that's more harmful. So I'd love to hear more about the types of materials you guys weigh towards. In Tela, we're not only sustainable in terms of the material. We practice end-to-end sustainability Starting from the design, we create pieces that are versatile, made to last, and made for rewearing regardless of the season. So in terms of fabric, we use local sustainable fabrics like abaca, pinya, and global fabrics like tensile, recycled polyester, to name a few. And even our materials, so our buttons are actually made out of production offcuts and our sewers are the ones hand sewing it. Um, our zippers are actually certified. It's recycled and it's actually made out of plastic bottle. And our product tags are embroidered and our seat paper, it's a seat paper, our hand tags, 
it's plantable. Even down to our prints. So our prints are actually, the ink that we use is water-based. So that's definitely the better option compared to the normal printing techniques. Our packaging is reusable and cute, of course. And our cards are sustainable. It's printed with soy-based inks and it's printed on certified recycled paper and we use cassava mailers. And of course, being sustainable also, you have to also look into how we treat our workers. So we treat them ethically and we also pay them the right wages. Wow, that sounds like a lot. Like you really thought through all of the all different portions of the business. And like, I just want to say like, I really appreciate that. And like, it sounds amazing. I just want to ask also, just a follow-up question. Like, how was it planning that business? Like, there's so many things you have to think of, right? Especially when it comes to building a sustainable business. How did you get those ideas? Um, how did you research for the different possible um, sustainable input in your business? I love researching. You know, I find, I find it so interesting to find the latest innovation. So I find it when I travel. I find it like random thoughts. And then I have like this notepad and I just write it down. Like, what if zippers are sustainable? And I believe it's like taking it a day at a time. So when I started Della, we didn't use zippers or buttons until until we found a sustainable option. So it's really looking at how we can be better than we were yesterday. Definitely, even if I named a lot of sustainable practices, we're still definitely a work in progress and we still have a long way. Thank you so much, Alyssa. How about you, Yeah. Yeah, so just to echo um, what Alyssa has mentioned, it's really a systemic problem, right? The sustainable fashion movement really demands a radical change within the industry. It's parang individuals can advocate, um, brands could, you know, shift to sustainable methods. But, you know, if the other processes of the supply chain aren't sustainable, then it becomes extremely difficult for people to completely shift towards what we want. That's why it's very important that people who are involved, all the stakeholders, you know, from farmers to consumers are in, are involved in the whole systematic change. I think that's the biggest thing that we have to do in order for sustainability to be the norm, to be really easy. Um, just to also echo what Alyssa said, like it has been been expensive for brands also to shift to. That's why sometimes I feel like they have apprehensions, right? Because the materials are too expensive. They have limited capital. Um, also paying with fair wages also to workers could be something that brands are hesitant to do, which is why it's being able to see the, the role of everyone in the bigger picture. That gap, like I said, like it's really being able to understand what your role is and what you can do about it. It's only when people, the important stakeholders recognize what they need to do, how they need to do it, then can we completely shift towards um, a more sustainable fashion industry. I love that it's also very centered in people because I think a recurring theme in the questions so far no, in your answers is that it really comes down to the whole thing has to be properly communicated to your team, to the people who are involved in your business. And I guess my next question would be is how did you guys come up with your team or how did you find people who were in that same space as you or had that like-mindedness and passion about fashion. We are really a small business. Um, it's a two women <laughs> team, like the whole the whole thing. So it wasn't very difficult on my end to look for someone, especially since um, my partner has been someone I knew since high school. So it was really easy just to for us to join together, partner up. But yeah, I guess in terms of like-mindedness, we were really not equal, I guess, in terms of our knowledge 
towards sustainability. When I proposed the idea to her, she was really just more on fashion as a creative outlet rather than, you know, something that is a lifestyle, um, that's something that has to be sustainable. But that's really more on me. So it was being able to work together in the business and educating each other. It was really more than that. Eh? Like we accepted each other wherever we were in our journey towards sustainability. And I'd, I'd like to think that our friendship got deeper because of that, because we were learning from each other at the same time growing our business together. So it's like our online business is our own <laughs> friend baby. Like in a sense, it's kind of weird. I love that. I love that term, friend baby. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I love that. Aja and I's friend baby is Sabilin. That, that's, our, that's our friend baby. <laughs> that's why you guys relate on. So. Yes, definitely. I love that. Um, I think Aja and I definitely relate when you were saying that um, it, I guess, deepened your friendship because that's what happened for us. And I, I think that's great, no? Like, especially in the, the time of the pandemic, a lot of people have been getting into org work and really thinking about their own like advocacies and passions. And I'm sure that a lot of relationships are being fostered within those spaces so it's great that you and your friend have this space and I'm so I love I love hearing about things like that and I'm just like so obsessed with like personal connection <laughs> especially now no thank you so much Mia for sharing that what about you Alyssa so I started as a one-woman team no friend baby here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so since my family was ready in the family business, my parents were my mentors. And they were also in their own journey. I mean, our brand was already in the journey towards sustainability. So our uh, Tela's parent company, they've become more conscious in a way that they're also incorporating sustainability in their practices. Currently, I have interns to help me grow Tela further. And when I look for people to join my team, it's, it, it's important that they share the same advocacy. And also the community that I work with, it's important, you know, for them to understand um, why we do what we do. Because, you know, it's really for the long term and it's really important to involve everyone in the process and not only the business owners. That is so, so, so true. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of businesses. Like if your people don't feel like they have some sort of ownership or some bigger, I guess, position in your business they're less likely to perform that's amazing that you're really aware of that because I feel like some business owners are not <laughs> I mean you see like horror stories of people like complaining about their employers and stuff right and it's it's crazy to think that that's like a daily for other people and actually just want to add some insights that it's great that we already have that starting point from your parents and you as like the daughter you have a fresh perspective towards sustainability so you could like add to their value about like Yes. Yeah, props to you. <laughs> we can move on to our next question. It's about inclusivity in fashion. So sometimes the sizes of sustainable wear, it's so hard to accommodate to all body shapes. And it gives consumers a really hard time shopping ethically and sustainably. Are you addressing this issue currently in your business or what are the opportunities to address it? I definitely agree. Sizing is definitely tricky and expanding sizing right away is not easy. So mm-hmm. we expand it slowly, you know, take it a day at a time time currently we are until 2xl however we offer custom service so we've made clothes from 3xs up to 6xl through our made to order option just in terms of like production and keeping the proper stock it's just not financially sound to stock all of these options if there's not a market for it i really like that option for made to order because gives people a bit more of leg room to be like okay i can shop sustainably because they offer this and i can get it in something that will fit me that's that's great i love that what about you Mia? 
is it more difficult? Yeah, I would actually say it is very tricky, um, especially for thrifting because you can't really expect what you'll find in the racks, right? Um, and I know it actually is a problem. I did a lot of talks before, and usually my question and answer they did ask me like recommendations for you know thrift stores that offer you know that very inclusive in their sizing, and it's actually very difficult or challenging because for one, you don't find a lot of options in the thrift stores, but if there are, it's not as good, like the, the items or the quality or the design is not as good as we want it to be, which is one of the things that we look at. Like, we always want to look at design, at the quality, make sure that's something that people would wear, you know, regardless of its size. And number two, I think it's also just because um, you really have to do the digging in other thrift stores. Like, even I know in some thrift stores, they, they also curate the clothing and to an extent, you know, only being able to offer sizes that people would actually buy, which is also a bit sad then because you know, we, parang it robs people the opportunity to actually purchase that. But what we have been doing um, in our own business, similar to what Alisa has been saying, na parang we are slowly trying to integrate size inclusivity by, you know, offering large pieces, you know, even if it's a, a bit big rin on our models. Because it's only two of us then that are modeling everything. But I think the problem rin with our thing is also presentation because we noticed that the clothes that are usually large in size tend to be the clothes that we don't sell. Could be number one because could be a, a problem in terms of our presentation or, or number two we haven't reached that market yet that are looking for those kinds of clothes which I think is something that the two of us that have to work on. You know, if ever we find clothes naman or stores that offer yung mga na sizes we always advocate for it. So I think for example like where boys go they offer a, a huge variety of clothes and designs in different sizes. So that's also another story that has been promoting size inclusivity. Like that's the only thing that I know so far in terms of that topic. So it's definitely like in its infancy stage for the thrift world. Yeah. It's great that you're doing like this active search for inclusivity and like being able to provide that for your consumers. And that's I think that's great. I want to ask something a little bit more personal this time. How would you describe your personal style? So how does that come into play when you guys think about designs, when you guys want to know like uh, what you guys find inspiration in? Yeah, I think in terms of my personal style, I can stick to one kind of style. I think that's really my personality. Um, diba parang people tend to lean more towards earth tones or to yung mga maximalist designs. But I, I honestly double between the two because I, I'm the kind of person who gets bored easily over, you know, different things and I just want some excitement even in terms of my clothing. How this trickles down with my own business is that we also promote like conscious consumption right being able to build your capsule wardrobe but you know capsule wardrobe it doesn't have to have like just basic or minimalist pieces like we really want to you know be able to provide options for people to be more creative like I think there is like a notion that you always have to wear neutrals lang. but you know if you if you're a maximalist I think it's always possible you know be an out proud outfit repeater I think that's not a problem <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem at all and that's huh? really what we advocate for like being a proud outfit repeater regardless of what you wear whether you know these are earthones or dresses or really lo- um, loud pieces we mm-hmm. you know I think individuality shouldn't be limited just because of a certain notion you have towards a movement right now it just has to be you can wear like a floral dress all the time also like it's it, you know like I said earlier it's really down to what um how you wear certain pieces and how you take care of them 
How about you, Alisa? I'm like your complete opposite. <laughs> I'm very... <laughs> I'm very minimal. Back when we were in campus, pa, I'd have like, what, five outfits for college. <laughs> and I would like repeat it because I really value comfort. And I really don't mind if people go like, oh, she wore it last. As long as I look presentable, that's okay. Because I don't like also thinking of my outfit only because I'm already thinking of a lot of stuff. And I don't want to include my outfit in my brain, <laughs> in my choices. Um, Yeah, so I guess it also relates in Tela. So I want to sell clothes that are um, able to be repeated and of course comfortable because I want my customers to also feel the comfort I feel. I think I definitely relate to that. I'm a proud outfit repeater. Let's go. <laughs> we all have washing machines. Yeah, I don't get it when people are like, oh, she repeated her outfit. In my, in my head, I'm like, well, I mean, she washed it. So <laughs> that's probably fine, right? And I guess, okay, we could go to the next question and it's about the affordability which you mentioned earlier, the affordability of sustainable and ethical fashion pieces. Um, if you're buying new clothing, it's usually more expensive only because the materials are more expensive. The demand isn't as high yet. So of course, the materials are very expensive. Oh, I think I was redundant. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, and of course, the workers behind it are treated well. And I lost my train of thought. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess just to add, um, I think we just got so spoiled with, you know, the fast fashion and brands, right? And mm-hmm. how they offer low-priced pieces. But we also have to remember that if you are supporting a sustainable brand, you're also advocating for, you know, proper wages, for um, environment um, sustainability. It's really being able to change our mindset. You know, you, you have to think about if you're buying sustainable, from sustainable brands, you're investing in quality pieces. It's really an, an investment that we should think of when it comes to clothing, which is, you know, completely different from how we see clothing, you know, until now, like how other people see it as disposable, right? It's really quantity over quality. You wear it once and you don't want to wear it again. But sustainable brands, the reason why they're priced that way is because, you know, you're supporting workers. You're, you're um, advocating for the like natural fabrics. And at the same time, you're also contributing to this movement of seeing clothes as an investment rather than something that is easily disposed. I think as a consumer, it's also very very important like to understand if you're buying from a, a tri- triple bottom line business right if someone's really thinking about people planet and profit at the same time yeah um also our mindsets are still in the linear economy uh, we're still currently shifting to the circular economy so for those listening who don't know what the linear economy is it's basically like our waste management system right now so you you get the product you use the product and then afterwards you just throw it and that's the end of the life of that certain material but as for circular economy if you you get the product you use it then you find a way to reuse it again the goal is to keep it there as long as it can and i think that's our mindset so for you guys um working in that triple bottom line um business how do you balance all of these things while making sure of course that you're you know making a profit by aligning the three and not prioritizing anything i think mia mentioned a while ago to be sustainable isn't only about taking care of the planet by incorporating sustainable practices but it's also about surviving profit is important but too much profit is bad but profit is important because you need to run and expand the business you need to pay for your workers and suppliers 
for the third T people, taking care of the people behind the scenes, taking care of the customers by providing them the service that they deserve. And of course, the people around us. So through our shop for a cause, we try to give back to the community. So these three people, um, profit and planet, must be balanced as we run our business. So that's sourcing sustainable materials, earning, paying and treating our team ethically, and of course, giving back whenever we can. And of course, with whatever we have. Yeah, so similar into uh, Melissa, I think we also use the three P's as our guiding principles whenever we are um, just executing our business. We don't necessarily use any framework because I think when we're a small business, it's easier to look at the whole business process, right? You know, from um, thrifting to washing the clothes to modeling them and selling them. I think um, the things that we do in terms of our business practices, it's very easy to evaluate and see um, what what can we do to, you know, uphold people, planet, and profit? Um, I don't think it has been um, very challenging. I think you use these three things as a guiding principle and you constantly evaluate it and, you know, see what else that can be improved, right? And work towards that um, certain improvement. Um, I think, you know, even in our even in our small business, even though we're small, we also aren't perfect. Um, we still have a long way to go, but we're constantly growing and constantly trying to improve um, with that um, three principles in mind. I just wanted to ask, like, what do you look forward to after the pandemic or at least, let's say, five years? Like, how do you see your business growing? And not just the business, but the uh, sustainab- sustainability fashion industry also. Well, I hope the pandemic ends soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. To have my own physical store, I was actually supposed to have one when the pandemic happen so around May I was supposed to have my first pop-up so hopefully when it's safe again that could happen yeah and I actually hope to see more sustainable brands there's a big opportunity in terms of sustainability and I hope um, future business owners will also think about it and incorporate it in their future businesses I think number one I'm looking forward to seeing people wear the clothes that they actually bought in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic like yeah go on <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think also second, um, in terms of the plans for Malaya, Malaya has always been a passion project um, for my partner and I. It's always been like a creative outlet. So um, we're looking forward to exploring how else we can be creative since we have been, you know, integrating, for example, like reworked items that I have personally sewn. So it's being able to look for more ways yeah, to provide more value in the business. Very vague, but that's really how we see it for now. And yeah, I guess lastly, similar in with what Alyssa has mentioned, I think the Philippines is currently at the right direction diba? given that we have been seeing a, a rise in not just thrift stores, but also sustainable brands. I think um it just needs a little nudge pa towards something that's more, you know, in line with what the movement is actually for, right? It, it has to be... um. It's not just about brands, but also about indivi- about your individual consumption that um the Philippines has to work on. And I and hopefully, you know, in five or ten years' time, people start to realize that it's not just about what you wear, but how you wear things, how you buy things. 
Yes, that's so amazing. And I'm excited for you guys to really achieve those visions. And now let's go to their stories. Let's look. Yeah. <laughs> the party. I'm so excited. Up, Aja. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Okay, let's go. it's online. Ano ba? <laughs> it's online right now. I know, Aja. but in the future. In the future. Yeah. Like, in the future, yeah. we'll be there. Don't yeah, definitely. One of my questions would be, in your own way or like for your personal wardrobe, what are some key pieces that you look for or what are some or maybe your favorite piece in your wardrobe at the moment one of the pieces that i love and are is my favorite are my pair of white denim jeans like it's a big thing for me something that i really love because i found it in the thrift store it's been a piece that I've been looking for for quite some time now. And it's hard to find white, really good pieces that fit you like perfectly. And when I found that, very bubble, but I was like, oh my gosh, it felt like it was made for me because it was exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. Like it had the right fit. I'm also a small person. So when I wore it, it had the right length. And the the fact that it's their white jeans, you could wear it with anything, like with any top. So it's something that I really love because I could wear it a lot of times and it would still look like a new outfit because um, I feel like the the white jeans is already like a loud piece for me. Like it, it's, a, it's a loud piece just because it's white and you know, it's very evident when you see me. So that's the piece that I love very much. <laughs> for me naman, I love hoodies. I also love what I'm wearing now. It's a polo dress. So it's really comfortable. It's presentable. Like I look decent. doesn't look like, it looks like I really planned my outfit well. And it has pockets. I really love pockets. Because <laughs> I can put anything inside. And yeah, I really love the color. Oh my god, that's the best surprise when you try on a dress and you love it. And then there's pockets. <laughs> it's, exactly. That is the best feeling. <laughs> Angel, um, do you have more questions for our guests? Our organization name is Habilin. And Habilin is basically to take something for safekeeping. And what we want to ask you is, uh, what is your Habilin to our um, listeners? So what for you are the values? that the youth should do to take heart as consumers clothing and fast fashion um for me i think the most i guess versatile or flexible thing that i would say is really look for clothes that match your values basically wear your values i feel like we all have different advocacies right we all have things that we value more than the other um for example like there there might be more people who value ethical um fashion more than you know environment sustainability i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing you know as long as you are true to yourself as long as you know that the brands you are supporting are in line with your values then I think you should wear those clothes and with pride at the same time support them do what you can no matter how small for the better like the future generation and of course invest in pieces that are made to last and support local <laughs> yeah thank you so much last last question so down to earth BTE this podcast is really all about being open honest and grounded so um, as a brand as a sustainable fashion brand what keeps you going um, I think two things um, number one obviously the passion for sustainable passion. I mean, at the same time, the second one would be really just your commitment to grow. I think those two things go hand in hand because without the other, you could be burnt out or could be demotivated to push through whatever it is you want to do. Like Whether it's like an online business or an organization or, or a 
a hobby you want to learn, I think those two things go hand in hand because um, you don't have to necessarily know everything to do a certain thing, to execute something. I think just being able to have those two things together, you'd be able to learn through the process and at the same time love what you're doing. So, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me, three things for people because the first the future and vision so of course um in line with the brand's advocacy it's important you know that we take care of the now for the future second would be the people behind the brand of course we have to survive to provide livelihood for the communities we support and of course the team in, the, in our production facility and lastly i believe other sustainable local brands you know i know how difficult it is to keep running a sustainable business especially in the pandemic and to see fellow local businesses who push forward and help me make sustainability more accessible and of course raise awareness inspires me to keep going so us local sustainable brands who share um the same advocacy you know we really have to work together because if the demand goes up costs will eventually go down and we can help make sustainability more accessible in the country thank you so much guys for carving out the time to be with us we are so lucky to have had you and um we're so excited for our listeners to hear all of the insights that you've shared with us and hopefully after they finish listening to the podcast the next time they see someone repeat an outfit they'll be like oh she she's a mindful consumer okay i like that i see you i see you okay you shop sustainable So again, thank you so much to our guests from Tala Manila and Malaya Thrift. Yes, and if you would like to know more about them and their work, check them out at at tala.mnl and at malaya.thrift. And don't forget to follow at Havilan underscore on Instagram and like our Facebook page at Havilan to find out when Down to Earth's next episode comes out. Again, thank you so much for joining in the second episode of Down to Earth, a platform for intergenerational conversations shaping humans who are ready to implement change.